0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast by Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. I am Michael Katz, covering Ole Miss for the Daily Journal. I am joined by Stefan Kreishnik, who covers Mississippi State. Stefan, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I'm, I'm repping my bulls today, fresh off a big win against the Lakers and the Clippers the other day, so beating up on the L.A. teams. And uh, uh feeling good, man. Uh, Tennessee State week is a, a little bit... Less of a workload than um, you know last week was, so it's uh, it's not bad. Yeah.
0: So, uh, wh- what was your Auburn experience like? I thought my my was pretty pleasant.
1: I loved it. I loved it. I think Jordan Hare Stadium is is really cool. Um, I think Auburn itself is really cool. I like how they're like they have like that college town slash downtown like type energy. Um, it was it was cool. I liked it a lot, and I would I would definitely recommend. You know, through all my – through all the SEC travels I've done this year, it's probably up there, maybe number one, the only other one that could compete. Surprisingly, not, I wouldn't put AM at number one. If anything, I would put Fayetteville because I thought Fayetteville was really cool. Um, but I think Auburn gets number one from um, – you know, I'm, I'm sure people that hear this are going to come screaming about Athens to me, which I've heard from everyone is the best, but obviously I haven't been there yet because um, Mississippi State didn't play there this year. Um, but, no, Aub- Auburn was really cool. I thought everyone was really nice. Um, uh, people in the communications department as well, like you know, I'll put in a good word for them. They were all really nice and helpful. Um, obviously the press box seat is what it is. You're you know, in the corner of the end zone, which is weird. But um, but no, I thought the students. St- the one thing they need is they need a big screen on both sides of the stadium. I think it's like, like when, when a team is on the opposite end of the field and the entire studio section has their back turned looking at the scoreboard because they don't know what's going on over there. It's like you probably should take the hint and put a scoreboard on the other side where they're facing. Do,
0: do you feel at all guilty for having to witness the final flight of the Eagle and it being a loss?
1: Um, you know, I don't feel guilty because <laughs> I don't care. Um, I thought the Eagle was really cool and I like – I don't think I've ever been to a sporting event where they've had like I've seen it on TV a million times and they don't just do it at Auburn games, they do it, you know, all across the nation. I, mean, I think they do it with Seahawks games a yeah. lot. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I've seen it a bunch of times. On it's TV. crazy though, isn't it? But I was like, I was like, you know what? Like that is actually really cool. Like, like that was majestic as hell. Like I was like, wow, really blown away. And then the bird, um, you know, would, would just be on the sidelines for most of the game. And I was like, that's massive. Like it's really cool. I really liked it. I don't know what that they, what they do with the bird. I mean, now that he's retired, do they just like he or she do they just like let spirit fly away?
0: Uh, <laughs> just question. go. Okay,
1: we don't need you anymore.
0: I, I hope it's not an old other situation. Um <laughs> Uh, but, no, it just really makes you, you know, wish that, you know, LSU would let a tiger on the field during a game, you know? It's like, just, just let your animals out. That's all I ask. I'm all for
1: it. I'm all for it. Missing has a bulldog. That
0: bulldog, I love I, I love bulldog mascots. That bulldog just always looks a little bit sad, though. And maybe that's just a bulldog thing. I think they that's all look a little bit bulldog
1: sad. Thing. I think Aga looks a little sad sometimes, too. Uh,
0: yeah, no, that's true. Well, Aga just always looks like he never wants to come out of his house.
1: Well, after what happened with the Longhorn, I don't think I would ever again either. So.
0: <laughs> Great segue. But I think
1: all all jokes aside, I think the mascot, the Bulldog mascot is really cute. Mississippi State and Georgia and probably every other Bulldog. Butler, are you yes. kidding me? Yes. Like yes. iconic one. I think the Butler Bulldog has, my girlfriend's talked about this a lot. She watches like the, the Butler Bulldog on uh, like Netflix. There's like a show or at least like there's an episode about the Butler Bulldog specifically. So she had high praise for that um yeah all in on the bulldogs.
0: i'm i'm so mad that that dog is verified on twitter and i'm not <laughs> i think about that a lot i'm not mad i
1: picture you staying up at night thinking about that now so thinking of all the
0: mascots were verified <laughs> yeah, this is this is what i do oh gosh just a reminder that you can follow justify your existence on your favorite podcast platform or at djournal.com slash podcast you can also follow us on twitter at djournal sports you can also follow our Facebook groups: the Mississippi State discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreischnik, and the Old Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz. Um, we obviously we have very entertaining games uh, with us, uh, but you did bring up Texas's mascot, and I really think we need to talk about Texas and losing to Kansas. Um, I don't. I don't think Schadenfreude is the right term. I just think it's really funny that they lost to Kansas. I, I was it as funny for you because it was one of the funniest things ever.
1: No, it was really funny. Uh, but it kind of like did it not feel like Kansas was finally due for like a win? Like no, they No, there
0: was. No, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think I was their first, just, first like road Big Twelve win in like thirteen years, which is mind blowing.
1: It, it was yeah, it was a while. Um, you know it was kind of building in both directions where like you look at that game now and you're like, maybe I could have predicted that. Like maybe if I had money to throw around, I could have predicted that. Um, Yeah. It's like everyone knew Texas this year would kind of just be a weird team and they're trying to figure it out and, you know, try building good recruiting class, everything, everything you're doing with a new coach. Right. But like it's gotten really, really ugly the past few weeks, like to the point of like, you know, if this was, sarks like third year or fourth year like you would consider firing him. like it's 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 ugly man like they're making all the wrong headlines um from from their reporters to their team everyone's making the wrong headlines of the past few days their animals yeah i mean yeah that's what i'm saying when you said the texas monkey or uh, the texas mascot i was like which one are you talking about at this point because it's not just the the longhorns anymore um you got the monkeys involved too it's yeah it's uh, they're not they're not back that's for sure
0: yeah, you know, it's, I mean, what better time to, to, you know, to get ready for your move to the SEC than when you're four and six in the, you know, in playing a big 12 slate. Like I I don't know how the thought is. Oh yeah, SEC's going to be great for us. Uh, yeah, just, no, it's not going to be. It, it's not
1: going to be good. Not at the start. Not no. at the
0: start. It's actually a really bad weekend for two future SEC members because True. Oklahoma, um, I'm not shocked they lost to Baylor. I'm shocked with the way they lost to Baylor. Um, just, you know, that offense had kind of been humming since Caleb, you know, took over and and he got benched for Rattler, which has got to be weird. Um, then obviously there's that field goal situation late in the game, which again, I thought was hilarious. Um, you surprised at all with that one? I, I, I think Dave Aranda has done, I, I don't know if it's it's under the radar, but he has done an amazing job with, with that. Program. Yeah, no, he, he has done a
1: really good job. I feel like we've talked a few times um, throughout the season about trying to figure out, you know, how good Baylor really is. And like, you know, what their identity is and all that. Um, and that they're, I mean, they're a good football team and, and Baylor is probably one of those programs where you look for, you know, over the past decade or so, where you're like, that's probably one of the better programs in the nation. You know, you got a few down years, but like they've, they've been pretty good. I mean, maybe going back to like the RG three days, like that's where I would kind of start maybe even maybe a little bit before that, Um, you know, in terms of just talking about how how they've been a really good program, um, you know, the last decade or so. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, they, they beat Oklahoma and that's kind of been, you know, the team to beat in the the big 12, the past few years. And, uh, you know, I think um, similar to the Texas, Kansas game, um, granted Baylor's a much, you know, more known foe than, than Kansas and respected foe than Kansas um you, you kind of had the sense of like Oklahoma their loss was coming I think a lot of people were rooting for Oklahoma to lose a game because you didn't want the committee to have to put them in because it was I don't think like, any of us
0: wanted to have that conversation
1: no yeah and it was like like the Cincinnati conversation comes down to like like do you think Cincinnati like it, like Cincinnati's resume is good enough. like that's been the argument with Cincinnati with Oklahoma it's like crap, their resume is good enough, but we still don't think they're good. And now we need to find a way to not put them in. Like the Cincinnati excuse is an easy one for the committee to find. The Oklahoma excuse would have been hard to find if Oklahoma had won out. So it's amazing because Oklahoma has one loss and it's just like they're not getting in. They're not going to be a one-loss team that gets in. Like you almost feel like if, if Alabama and Ohio State and let's say Michigan State both all lost two games this year, um, you would very much still put them all ahead of a one-loss Oklahoma team right now. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there was a conversation like when when game day was in Oxford, like we talked to them and they basically said, like, Texas A&M could be the first two loss team to be in the playoff and just completely discounting uh, any potential like one loss situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I know you're a Big Ten guy, so I have to ask you, are you surprised the spoiler makers didn't put up a little bit more of a fight against the Buckeyes or it was just kind of what was going to happen?
1: The Buckeyes were lucky that that game was in in Ohio State because um, you don't want to go to Purdue for that. Um, you know, it's it, well, first of all, it's really hard to beat three top five teams in the same season, right? Yes. So you know, that sense doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, it it didn't it didn't really surprise me in the sense of like I think Ohio State is actually a pretty good team, um, and you know, Ohio State a few years ago was was you know on the wrong end of the spoiler makers um remembers remembers the Tyler Trent game and you know all the motions that went into that game and um and I I, I mean Ryan Day was gonna have his team prepared they haven't lost a big 10 game in like three decades I think and that might not even be an exaggeration um yeah it's just like I don't know I mean I think Purdue's a really good team and you know those of you who know I went to Vienna you know you know I say that lightly I must have heard um Uh, but no, but, but really Purdue's a good team and and problems. Jeff Rahm's a good head coach. Um, But yeah, I I just think, I think Ohio state's kind of coming into form. If Ohio state wins out, I'd be surprised if they won a playoff
0: team. Now we ourselves covered some pretty wild games. Uh, Obviously Mississippi state had an incredible comeback at Auburn. It was uh, a 28 to three. Sorry. Falcons fans cover your ears. Uh, if you hear that score, my first question is, did you already have a game story written? Uh, no, I didn't actually believe it or not, you, I didn't. because I would have written that thing at halftime.
1: No, I did. I, I didn't have it written. I will say though, if it was a 6 PM kickoff, I would have had it written, but an 11 AM kickoff, I was like, I got some time. And, um, and no, I, I didn't have anything written to be honest with you. I started writing when Mississippi state went up. Oh, I'm trying to do the math. I don't know. They went up like two scores. It wasn't. they Didn't go up fourteen. They went up like. I don't know. I don't remember. It's all blurred. Just like when a, when a final score is forty three to thirty four, like nothing yeah. makes sense, right? Like I don't remember anything because Mississippi State failed some two point conversions and Auburn failed some two point conversions. Let's see. So Auburn was up. Auburn finished the game. They lost by nine, and they scored a touchdown right before that. So they were down fifteen. Right. Nine plus six. Yes. Fifteen. Yes. And they wanted to go for two to make it a seven point game. And they failed because they should have just kicked the field goal, and make it an eight point game because missing the two point conversion game's over. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yes, when Mississippi State went up 15 points um, in the fourth quarter, I started writing that Mississippi State won the game. It was, I mean, the, the switch in momentum and the switch in the style of play was like, it was absurd. Like, I, I, did, I remember watching the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. And I don't remember it being like that. Because well, the Falcons were able to force at least an overtime. Yeah. I believe it was 31-31 going into OT, if I'm not mistaken. So like the Falcons were able to force an overtime. Like they were able to do enough to like stay in the game. Yeah, they but, like, it kind of. Right. Kind of. I mean, whatever. Now they have the moral victory now of knowing that they went to overtime and Auburn did it. <laughs> but like, but like the Patriots, like the Patriots are not down 28 to 3 and then went up 15. Like, there was not a 40-point swing in that game, you know? There was a 30-something point swing in that game. So, it's it's kind of it, – it, I don't know if I've ever seen a team just, like, on both sides of the ball. Like, everyone's, everyone's talking about Will Rogers and his six touchdowns, and I've written about it a ton. And, like, yes, very impressive. And, and to be honest, we can talk about this later, but Will Rogers, if he had gotten the hype at the start of the year and Mississippi State, let's say they were 8-2, and two, like, they probably should be or eight or nine and one, even if they, you know, if you want to look at some of the mistakes they made, Will Rogers would be in the Heisman conversation. And I don't think that's pushing it. but, but his six touchdowns, like kind of overshadowed the fact that like that defense, which got torn up, like incredibly in the first half, four touchdown drives in the first half. And then the fifth drive was a a misfeelable, you know, fourth down is kind of time was uh, running low in the second half or in the uh, second quarter, I should say. Um, where it's like, whatever that defense, like, did in the second half, I mean, props to them. Like, they just – they shut down everything, like, completely. So, it, it, I don't know if I've ever seen a game shift in momentum to that extreme ever. Like,
0: what, 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 was, what was the turning point in that game? Was there a moment you can really kind of pin it to? Um, you know, Mississippi State
1: players and coaches will say the drive before halftime – to make it 28 to 10 was important because Mississippi state got the ball out of the half and quickly made it 28, to 17. And just like that, you know, you're, you're only down two possessions. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if that's the moment where for me, I was like, cause I still felt at that point, the Auburn deep Auburn offense could do something. Um, I would probably say, um, when Mississippi state made it 28 to 20, 28 to 24 or 28 to 25, um, Maybe it was 20. It was twenty-eight to 23. Um, In that moment, I was like, this offense is humming right now. And I've seen, you know, against um, Vanderbilt and against um, Arkansas the past few weeks and against Kentucky, I should say, um, where the offense like will start off slow and then it really gets humming and it really gets going. And I was like, this might be the biggest like snap here. Here we go from from this offense that we've seen this year. Um, I mean, putting up 43 points is, is probably a direct result of that. Um, so I would say, I can't remember who was the scored a to touchdown, but whatever made it 20 to 23, I was like, you know, Auburn could still score in this game and Mississippi, like, like Mississippi State doesn't need to shut them out the rest of the way. Now you're only down five, like, you know, you can kind of play this game where, you know, you're down a possession, maybe down two possessions, but you can still, you know, you still keep it a two possession game at the worst. Um, I was like, Mississippi State could, could win this game. And I mean, after that, they take the lead. And then after that, they kind of stretched their lead. And then after that, they stretched their lead more. And you're like, oh, like when, like when is this going to stop? And it just didn't. And it's, it's also one of the few times this year where it's felt like, um, the Mississippi State did it against Vandy, but it's, it's the, you know, which is Vandy. Um, it's the first time this season where it's kind of felt like Mississippi State like stepped like on a team's throat and like did not let up. And, um, and that's, I mean, for a young team, that's got to be a reassuring thing to see that, that mental side of it click.
0: I'm curious, for, for, from your perspective, what is the difference when this Mississippi State offense is humming compared to when it isn't? Like, what, what isn't working when it's not working?
1: Yeah, I, I will say, and and I'm going to echo Mike Leach's uh, comments a little bit in saying, like um, that you you kind of see where they lack from the mental side, in, in terms of being a young team. There's been times it happened in the Arkansas game and it happened early in that Auburn game, both times early in the games where. The, the safeties in the corners were meeting Mississippi State's receivers the moment the ball was in their hand and hitting them hard. And you could tell that it led to some drops, and the, and the receivers were looking at the defenders before they were making catches. It happened in both games. And then at some point, whatever is said on the sideline, and it's probably something along the lines of, like, um, do your job with a, you know with an effort in between all that, um, the, the, you can just kind of see from a mental side it clicks where – You know, they're not scared of getting hit like Mississippi State took some shots in that game and they had a couple of receivers get hurt in that game. Um, There was a targeting call that was questionable against Auburn. But like, you know, that's a big hit. And there was a big hit on Rodgers, too. Like it it seems like as the game just goes on and at some point Mississippi State just kind of says to itself, like, hey, like, yes, we're playing Auburn and they're going to hit you hard because they're a perennial SEC power. And you need to be ready to play against them. And it, and it kind of just clicks. And then you just see it all start humming. The receivers find the spots in the zone. Or if it's man-to-man, they go to Makai Polk because he can beat anyone. The offensive line has been really good the past few weeks, which was a huge problem, um, you know, for the first, you know, six or seven games of this season. Like, it, it, it all just kind of clicks, and, and it's, it's like – It's visual, like you can see it. Like you can see when a receiver is not afraid of getting hit. Like that—that's tangible. Like you can see that. Like you know it's mental, but but like it shows in body language and stuff like that. And and you really see it click. And and maybe some of that in early in games is still you know the the young team that Mississippi State is. But um, but but as games go on, um, they they get comfortable, man, and and you can see it.
0: Great game out out in Auburn. Uh, I I was able to keep. I I just couldn't believe like this the score bug that just kept turning, and I was like, wait, is this is crazy. this really going to happen? Yeah, uh, it was great. We had pretty much the opposite game uh, over in <laughs> Oxford. Uh, I did watch parts of that. Yeah, it was uh, it was you know it it was it was a, a great day in Oxford. Just from I I, I don't think Ole Miss could have envisioned a more perfect sort of day for their program from college game day being there. Um, bright and early, and then, you know, winning the game uh, the way they did. Um, Let me just say uh, shout out to me for waking up at five 30 to go to game day. Um, I'm very, very proud of myself. Uh, (laughs) That was a wild experience. Um, I had been to game day once before, uh, back in 2011 when I was at USC uh, and Stanford was playing uh, SC when they had Andrew Luck and I guess you just don't really appreciate like how great an environment is until you're actually there. Like you watch things on game day and you know, there's a lot of people there, but it doesn't really hit you. And, but like when you're actually there and then you see all those people in the grove uh, who if someone was like, start line up at like 8 PM the night before I was like, that seems a little bit excessive, but you do you um, a lot of people there at like 2 AM just to get spots and all that. Um, just a really cool, um, re- really cool experience. I was really fortunate that they they let me back there, and then it, it led into really one of the. I've been wrong about a lot of things. I did not think that that style of game was a game Ole Miss could win. Um, they, you know they win twenty nine to nineteen, uh, but that was a game where in coming into it, you know, I thought it was going to be a Matt Corral game if they were going to win. I thought it was going to be his Heisman moment and. He looked okay, but he, he missed a lot of throws he makes a lot of the time. Uh, he was not super sharp. And it kind of, you know, I I thought that they were going to get beat up on the line because that A&M front is really, really good. And that defense itself is just really, really, other than Georgia. It's probably about as stout a front as there is in, in college football. Uh, and Ole Miss beat them up. You know, they, they ran for 250 whatever yards, which is the most AM's allowed this year. And um, but, you know, it, it was the offense just kind of stalled a, a few times and they just weren't good in the red zone. They just weren't able to capitalize. There's was, there was a fake punt. There was a fake field goal. just a lot of very like, uh, OK, we're doing this kind of thing is to like generate a spark that didn't work. You know, you, if you had told me that Ole Miss would win a defensive battle, I would have told you that you're nuts because it's just not a game that we assume they're built to win. Um, but, you know, late, they, they get the, the, the pick deep in their own, uh, deep in, uh, in, in AM territory. There's the pick six, uh, which kind of sealed it. And then there was, uh, you know, the stop two point conversion late that kept it a two uh, possession game and, you know, made the onside kick kind of moot um I mean it was I, I've I've been hard on the Ole Miss defense and they've deserved it a lot of the time because they have had some I mean I think we all saw the Arkansas game that was really bad uh but this was a really impressive effort against an AM team that was probably as hot as anybody you know coming in um I I, I was I didn't think that Ole Miss could win a defensive battle like that and they really they surprised me. I, I I will gladly eat crow on that one. That that was a really, you know, if they had won a shootout, that would, you know, that would have been, you know, whatever. But I'm more impressed that they want a game like this because sometimes these games happen. Um, and not every team is equipped for it. It was um it, it was a really, you know, I you hate to use like the signature win kind of thing, but um that was a that was a really big win just kind of looking at how this season is you know with two games two regular season games left you're eight and two you got a chance at making a really big time bowl game because of that win it was uh I think it was a really really big deal uh and did how much of that game did you get to catch
1: yeah I was able to watch a good amount of it and, and you know the only thing I could keep thinking of is like Going into that game, I think people pictured it to kind of be a game like that. Like AM's defense was good enough where, you know, Ole Miss's offense was not going to be able to do um, what it likes to do. And and I think the reason, you know, everyone, everyone believed that the game would be like that is the reason why AM was, you know, a couple points favorite. Like, like with that environment and like it was all setting up for Ole Miss to win. And still AM was, you know, a, a field goal or so favorite. And, and I think it's because people thought the game was going to be exactly as it was and that Ole Miss can't win that type of game. And they did. And, and I can't say I, I expected that from that defense granted, you know, I know the defense has been good the, or better, you know, the past few weeks, I, I would say maybe even good, but like, if you're an Ole Miss fan, like people will pick apart, you know, how ugly it was and like all that, like you're not, you're in a spot right now where, where sugar bowl is very realistic. Um, not, not any stretch of the imagination, um, and on top of that, you're like, you you have to win games like that. Like, look at like Alabama a few weeks ago, like had that terrible, ugly game against LSU that you have to be able to win. And if, if honestly, if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're thinking, you know, about this game and, and, you know, showing some less confidence because like, Hey, you know, that was ugly and we didn't play well and all this now, like, dude, you had the game against Arkansas where your offense was lighting it up and that and the Ole Miss offense can do that. They can do that. If they need to, the Ole Miss offense can just turn it on. I mean, they, they scored 29 points. Like, like come on. Like, that's, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. good. Like, yeah. you should win most games where you score 29 points. And to think, like, okay, well, our defense is actually decent. I know you trust the offense. With Lane Kiffin and Matt Corrales, be fine as long as, you know, Matt is, is healthy to, to some degree. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, they, they played a style that people didn't think they could win in. And now it's like, well – if this Ole Miss defense is what it's trending towards being the past few weeks, I mean, they're one of the better teams in the nation because they can match up in, in any type of game, any style of game. Like you, you want to play your tempo. Okay. Then or, uh, Ole Miss is going to, is going to match that. So it's, it's interesting. The Egg Bowl is, is setting up to be really, really freaking fun next week, man.
0: It's going to be super normal, right?
1: Oh yeah. Like what? Like 23, 20 finals four, you yeah, know, teams, no you know, grind. Grind it out, defense, go down and get some couple touchdowns, a few field goals. Yeah, of course, man.
0: Yeah, maybe someone fake urinating in the end zone. You know, who knows? Yeah, just normal stuff. Just normal, just normal, normal Miss Mississippi State stuff. But, you know, it's, you know, I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. It is like one of my favorite holidays because I like to eat, but I would not rather be anywhere else than watching that game. It, 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 it's, 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 it's going to be perfect.
1: It's, it, it's, it's crazy because at the start of the year, we talked about it and we were like, you know, like, um, you know, as good as like everyone was thinking, you know, Ole Miss is going to be a top 10 team and Mississippi State would be maybe even fighting for bowl eligibility come Egg Bowl. And it was like it didn't matter because the game was going to be in Starkville and it was going to be stupid. I like guess something crazy was going to happen. And now it's setting up where it's like these are two really good teams that depending on how some stuff goes in the college football playoff ranking, Egg Bowl could determine who's playing in the Sugar Bowl. Like, I don't think that's it's really a stretch to say that. Um, and the Egg Bowl could also very likely determine uh, who number two in the SEC West is. Like there's you got about a three or four way tie right now. Um, and, and Arkansas has, um, I think, a path to where they can finish um, with a decent record and take the second in the SEC West. But like there's a good chance the Egg Bowl determines Sugar Bowl and SEC West, you know, runner up behind Alabama. And it's crazy to think about.
0: Them. Last thing, did you see that one graph where the six way tie is still possible? Yes, I did see that's, that.
1: That's big sicko energy. That's what I'm I mean, that's what I'm gonna root for.
0: Yeah. Everyone should that. know that right now. Yeah, it's as as God intended, a six way. Yeah, time. Exactly. All right. Well, as always, thank you all for listening and we will uh we will be back Wednesday.